Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. I am from Delaware and I experienced the same thing when I was 15. Me and my friend was walking through the woods and I noticed something moving ahead. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. I told my friend to stop and look with me at what it was. It was an all-white humanoid creature moving in a weird way by trees and it noticed us before we did it. It was when it looked at us that scared us off running it was all white with no facial features no eyes no mouth no nothing just all white blank face and taller body with weird arms. We both took off running. I want to know what this was. Years ago, while hiking with my girlfriend in a very isolated area, we discovered we were being stalked. It was late in the day. Not dark yet, but getting there. We were on a path with heavy woods on each side. We could hear movement in the woods, sounds of leaves rustling, branches snapping, etc. That seemed to parallel our path and matched our movements. However, we couldn't see anything. We tested it. Stopped walking to listen, and the noise would stop. Start and stop again, and it would match our movements. Finally, I left my girlfriend on the path and walked toward the noise. I did see something that, to this day, I can't explain, and it scared me very badly. When I saw it, it had been behind a tree and quickly ran away. It was probably 30 feet from me when it took off. Humanoid shape, extremely tall and thin. I have always described it as being almost skeletal. It was pale white. I'd estimate it was 7 feet tall or more. It ran away very quickly, which is a good thing because I was paralyzed with fear after seeing it. After a minute, I got my wits back a little and went back to my girlfriend, and we got out of there. Luckily, we didn't have far to go. True story, and it made me realize that there are unexplainable things in this world. I am a young forest ranger. responsible for keeping the peace and safety of the vast sprawling woods that make up a good portion of this country my job is to patrol the trails monitor the wildlife and assist lost hikers i have a deep love for the outdoors for the peace and serenity it brings but my love for nature has been tested in the most horrifying of ways one day while i was on my regular patrol i heard a strange noise coming from deep within the woods It was a guttural growl, unlike anything I had ever heard before. My heart was racing as I cautiously approached the source of the noise. As I got closer, I realized that I was not alone. There was something in the woods with me, and it was not friendly. The darkness of the woods was only making the situation worse, as I could barely make out the shapes of the trees around me. My mind was in a state of conflict. Part of me wanted to turn back. to run and never look back but the other part of me the part that had always been there the part that loved the woods and everything in it refused to let fear rule me i pressed on slowly cautiously as i emerged from the trees i was faced with a sight that made my heart stop there was a figure in front of me and it was unlike anything i had ever seen before it was tall at least 7 feet with fur covering its entire body Its eyes were a deep, piercing red, and it had razor-sharp teeth. I realized, too late, that I was looking at a werewolf. The werewolf let out a blood-curdling scream and lunged at me. I was barely able to dodge out of the way, 
and started running as fast as I could back into the woods. My only thought was to find safety, to find a place to hide. I ran until I stumbled upon an old cabin, nestled deep within the woods. I burst through the door, closing it behind me and locking it tight. I was safe, for now. But I could hear the werewolf outside, growling and scratching at the door. I realized that I was not alone in the cabin. There were other people there, a group of campers who had gotten lost in the woods. The campers told me that they had been pursued by the werewolf for miles, until they stumbled upon the cabin. They were shocked to find a park ranger there with them, and told me their story. They had been camping in the woods, when they stumbled upon a Native American tribe that was performing a ritual. The tribe told them to leave, as they were disturbing a sacred ceremony, but the campers did not listen. The tribe had summoned the werewolf, as a punishment for the campers' disrespectful behavior. The werewolf was now hunting them, and it seemed that it would not stop until it had claimed its victims. The campers were scared, but I was determined to protect them. I was armed with my training and my love for the woods, and I was not going to let this monster take any more lives. As the night wore on, the werewolf outside grew more and more aggressive, battering against the door with increasing force. The campers were huddled together in the corner, scared out of their minds. I could see the fear in their eyes, and I knew that I had to do something. I grabbed my park ranger hatchet, and made my way outside, ready to face the monster once and for all. But when I went outside, I couldn't find him. The day passed and I expanded my search on a whole park, but I never found a werewolf again. I work in the Air Force as an aircraft mechanic, and like most jobs, there are boring second duties that we have to do now and then. For us, one of these is tool stores. We have a permanent civilian guy who runs tool stores in the day, but someone has to be in there to run it during night shift. The tool store's building is in the middle of the airfield and pretty far away from the other hangars, enough distance to feel pretty isolated. As a new guy, I was told that the tool store's building on our squadron was haunted. I thought it was the usual crap that people would tell the new guy, so I dismissed it. I'd done a fair few tool stores duty while I was new, you don't really have much use until you're trained up, so they stick you in tool stores, and never had any issues. Eight months into my posting at this particular squadron, I find myself in tool stores again. We were night flying on this night in question, so nobody needed tools, which meant it definitely wasn't busy and I hadn't seen anyone in over an hour. It was getting on to about midnight and usually we're trying to lock up by 1.30. However, when we're night flying, the aircraft don't land until midnight, and therefore we have to stay open longer in case they return broken. Suddenly, I heard metal creaking. It's an old building, with a ground floor and a first floor. The first floor is basically just metal staging, and you can see down to the ground from the first floor over a balcony-like structure. Although there are two floors, you can see pretty well upstairs from the ground and vice versa. Metal creaking wasn't unusual. The temperature was dropping so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but not seeing or talking to anyone for a while just seemed to make it a lot more noticeable. Half an hour passed and I heard what sounded like metal dropping onto metal. There are lots of metal shelves, 
however the floor was rubber studded. Anything that dropped off the shelf wouldn't have made much noise, unless it was sizable, and then it would be a dull thud. This was a distinct metal-on-metal metal sound. It creeped me out because I was in the office watching TV and it was clearly audible above that, so it wasn't quiet. I reluctantly take a slow walk around to make sure nothing has fallen. Tool control is quite important and if there's a tool missing at the end of the night, everything grinds to a halt and we have to search high and low until it's found. Nobody would be going home if we lost something. I decided it would be better to find something on the floor now than to wait until later and realize something wasn't where it should be. I strolled slowly, checking every tool, making sure everything that wasn't there was tagged out correctly or had paperwork stating where it was. I saw nothing out of place. I had a look upstairs, although I knew the noise hadn't come from up there. Again, nothing. At this point I find myself slightly on edge. The thought had played on my mind that it may have been some of the other guys winding me up. Usually we told the tool store's ghost story to new people, and then when they found themselves on duty in tool stores, we used to mess around and silently come in through a little hatch in the back of the building. New guys didn't know it was there, so you could get in undetected and let the fun begin. I'd been on the squadron for a while and by this point, I was the one playing these jokes by now. It didn't make much sense for anyone to be playing them on me. I took a seat back in the office and continued watching crappy midnight TV just praying the jets would all come down serviceable so I could get out of there. No more than five minutes later, I hear footsteps. Finally. Someone actually needs something I thought. I went out to see what they wanted. No one was there. I checked outside the front door in case they were bringing something back and needed help unloading it from the van but there was nothing there. I was losing my shit by this point. I turned around to head back inside and I saw wet footprints on the floor. It was wet outside, but my boots were dry since I hadn't been out all night until just now. Nobody was in tool stores when I walked to the door, and nobody could have gotten past me to get inside while I was outside. I have never before believed in things being haunted or any kind of paranormal activity, but if something was trying to convince me that I should be, they did a sure good job. I have had a few experiences. One in particular literally raised the hair in my neck and arms. I love going out to remote areas. I used to travel pretty deep into the mountains and stay in an off-grid cabin, in Tennessee. When I was there I never saw another human. And when I say drive. I needed four-wheel drive too. Get there. The road was more of a path than a road and a rain destroy parts of it. The cabin had a small solar panel for a couple of small interior lights at night. It didn't support enough power to stay on, so I used candles and oil lamps when I was inside and moonlight was the best, on nights that the sky was clear. I had an outhouse and always tried to be sure to visit it fo the last time before it got too late. I had seen coyotes, heard mountain lions in heat, which will creep you out on its own, and seen bear scott. With that much going on, I really tried to use the bathroom for the last time each night before full darkness hit. One night in particular I had the unfortunate experience of a full-on angry abdomen IBS attack and desperately had to get to that outhouse at 11pm or so. It was very dark, 
and the sky was overcast. The trees blocked any minor moonlight coming through the clouds. I had an old flashlight I left there, and I guess humidity got to it. It went out halfway to the outhouse, which was about 25 feet from the cabin. I already felt stalked with the light on, but didn't see anything around me when the flashlight was on. I figured I was creeping myself out. Then the light went out halfway and I felt so exposed. Again I kept thinking I was just freaking myself out. I am not a person who freaks out easily or gets scared easily. I have been through a lot in life so it was really odd to have the sense I was being stalked. I really really had to get to the outhouse. My stomach was not happy. I rushed to the door, fully focused on getting some relief and as I grabbed the handle in the dark I heard dry branches on the ground crack as something stepped on them. I smelled the mist foul smell I have ever smelled. I have pulled dead rotting possum corpses out from under homes and smelled some major nastiness in my life. This smell, this made the hair in my neck stand up. I really had to deal with my stomach. The stupid flashlight would not come back on. I finally had some relief from my stomach and no new sounds had occurred while I was in the outhouse. I waited and listened and I heard nothing. My plan was to go slowly and confidently to the cabin. I had no idea what I was dealing with but I was convinced showing fear would only get me attacked and or dead, if I was creeping myself out. As soon as I opened the outhouse door that foul smell was there, and stronger. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It was pitch dark out. I counted my steps and kept moving toward the cabin and let my breathing calm and you feel like something was right behind me. The smell was so intense it made me feel sick. I just kept going. I was nearly to the house and I felt the back of my hair move like someone or something swatted at it. I finally rounded the corner of the cabin and climbed the stairs. I got inside the cabin as fast as possible. I was beyond scared. Every single hair on my arms and neck were standing up. I looked out the only window I had and could swear I saw orange eyes glowing in the dark staring back at me. I thought I was letting the fear and my being so tired play tricks on my eyes. I rubbed my eyes and looked again, they were still there. They were really really high up. I thought is that something in a tree? It would have been 7 or 8 feet tall if it was standing. Trying to make sense of it, I convinced myself it was something in a tree. The next morning I went for a walk and go in a huge and very weird three-toed footprint in some mud near the outhouse. I wasn't alone on this one but it's a close enough story that I thought might be appreciated here. I was 17 and out with my boyfriend hiking out to some caves he said he knew about. But we had gotten turned around and lost the daylight before we made it there. So, no big deal, we decide to bivouac in a small clearing. Built a campfire and made the most of a rare opportunity for some secluded sexy times. We were getting close when he starts and just bolts upright, listening for something. I listened to and off in the distance you could hear this commotion going on, rustling and cracking from branches. And it is steadily getting closer to our camp. We figured maybe an animal chasing a rabbit or something. But the sounds just keep getting closer and suddenly my boyfriend just leaps to his feet saying that's someone running. It was like he just hit a panic button in my brain. 
He grabbed my hand and we both just bolted, leaving our packs and everything. We ran until I thought my lungs were on fire, but when we stopped, we could still hear the sound getting louder. Suddenly my lungs didn't matter and we ran for what felt like hours. It felt like whoever it was would catch us if we slowed down for even a moment. I've never hauled ass so fast for so long. Finally we ended up on a gravel road dotted with an occasional house. We figured out where we were and how to get back to where his car was parked. My boyfriend went back with a couple buddies the next day to see if he could find our campsite and said some of the stuff from his pack was piled up next to the fire but his extra boots and water was missing. My pack was nowhere to be seen. I was hiking down to the beach with two mates, we came across a sign that advised not to proceed down to the rocks as it was quite steep and it was easy to get trapped out there once the tide came in. After watching the sunset at taking some pictures, two of us were into photography, we saw someone coming our way with high vis shirt on. We were a little concerned as we thought it might be a ranger coming to tell us that we weren't supposed to be there. We noticed when he got a little closer that things were a bit off however. His shirt had symbols and markings on it that had been drawn in permanent marker. He had a weird look in his eyes though he was a bit unstable. He came up to us and asked if we had seen any caves in the area. We advised that we hadn't. He then sat down with us, we weren't really sure what to do so all four of us just sat in silence for about 30 minutes or so. We could tell he was unstable and didn't want to risk setting him off. Eventually he said so how you boys doing? We replied good, you? To which he said yeah, better now and then got up and walked back the way he had come. So I've never had a paranormal experience in my life, my boyfriend seems to have enough for the both of us. One of the ones that stuck with me the most was when we went camping last year at Ovens National Park. We had just arrived back from spending the summer in Western Canada and hadn't seen each other in four months. So we decided to spend some time together and go camping with another couple that were close friends of ours. We booked the cheapest cabin at the campground for two nights and headed out. The first day we spent there was pretty uneventful. To give some context, the park is famous for its sea caves that are carved into the rocky cliffs of the Nova Scotian shore. The first day we hiked the trail that overlooked the caves, or the ovens as they were called, and we were able to go down into some of them. That night we had a campfire, but turned in early because we're nerds. So we sat inside the small cabin and started playing cards. My boyfriend was being a sore loser, and seemed to be acting kinda strange nonetheless. He abruptly said he was going for a walk and left the cabin. I was pretty annoyed and just let him go for a while AMD didn't chase him. After about half an hour I started to get a bit anxious and called his cell. This is where things started to get really weird, he didn't answer at first, but he called me back right away. When I answered he seemed to have calmed down a bit, and I asked him where he was. He said he was sitting on a bench on the trail, then he asked where I was. This confused me a bit because I hadn't left the cabin since he left, and I wasn't likely to since I'm terrified of the dark. I told him this and this suddenly freaked him out and he said he was coming back to the cabin. It was weird because he's generally pretty level-headed and hard to actually scare. 
So after about two minutes I hear running footsteps coming to the cabin and my boyfriend comes tearing into the cabin. Then this is what he told me, he had walked out to the trails to get some fresh air and sat down on one of the benches to look out at the ocean. The moon was pretty bright that night so everything was illuminated pretty well. Then he said he heard someone walking by and he saw this really tall and pale figure stop and look at him, and then continue on. For some reason he assumed this was me coming to look for him, and that's when I called him and told him I was in the cabin. He said that in retrospect it was inhumanly tall and pale, thanks babe, and couldn't possibly be a person. He was not himself for the rest of the night and didn't seem normal until lunch the next day. Anyways, sorry for the long story, I made an account just to make this post. Does anyone have any ideas about what this might have been? Don't say Slenderman. I'm imagining something like the Fresno Nightcrawlers. This is more my sister's story since I slept through the whole thing. Her boyfriend lived three doors down. She was coming home late one night and noticed the garage door was open. She thought dad left it open. He's forgetful like that. But then as she approached she could see the door leading to the house from the garage was ajar. That door slammed shut automatically, it's like on a spring or something. She ran back to her boyfriend's place thinking we're getting robbed. He grabbed his baseball bat and started towards the house. Why he didn't just call the cops right away I don't know. Let's blame the teenage hormones. He was nearly at the house when a man comes out of the garage and sees him. He bolts between the two houses. He would have had to hop the two tall fences to clear the yard and get to the wooded ravine behind our house. He did it fast. They woke my parents who had enough sense to call the cops. They came and investigated but the guy was long gone. Turns out he had used my shoe to pry the house door open. Nothing was missing. Me and my parents were in the house sleeping while he just snooped, maybe watched. I slept through the whole thing. Cops and all. Sis told me about it the next day. Fast forward a couple years later. A successful army pilot is arrested for murder. This guy was a pilot for our prime minister, Canada. He started with breaking and entering in our part of town. No stealing, just snooping. He lived one neighborhood over. He eventually escalated and was caught. I'm convinced it was him. If my sister had been 15 minutes earlier who knows what he would have done if he was caught in the act. Context, the day was pleasant and festive, opening presents early in the morning with my sisters, hearty breakfast made by dad, delicious smells from the kitchen as mom and dad prepared a feast, visits from extended family bringing pies and cakes for dessert. Around 2 we all sat down to eat and then lazed about for the rest of the afternoon into the evening. Story, at about 8, after everyone had left and the food was all put away for round 2 the following day, I decided to head over to visit my friend in the next village. The drive would be about 10 minutes, if I took back roads to get there. So, I did. First, a little background on where my friend lived. It was a housing development surrounding a private lake you might call it a gated community. You could still drive through it freely after hours by entering one of four private entry points. 
Since the community was built around a lake, the roads surrounding it went in a spiral sort of shape. The houses were sparsely positioned on the outermost part of the spiral road, closest to the four private entry points. As you drove in further, there were a lot more houses positioned closer together nearer the lake. My friend lived on the outer edge of this development, so once I reached the entry point, it would only take me another few minutes until I reached his house. His house, along with all the others, were far enough apart that you couldn't see them from the road as you drove by, there were either woods all around with long drives, or open fields with long drives. You could see porch lights on in the distance but that was about it. As I entered into the development, the speed limit dropped from 30 miles per hour down to 20. There were no street lights in the development and for some reason, I never put my high beams on. I couldn't go any faster than the speed limit because there were speed bumps in place every 30 feet or so for a bit. It was a mild night. I remember having my driver's side window open slightly taking in some fresh air. I remember driving in silence which was unusual for me, I normally always listen to music when driving. I must have been enjoying the quietness after the commotion of the day. I reached a section of road that had barren fields on either side and woods set back. Houses were probably nestled back into the trees. As I drove, I noticed what looked like someone walking up ahead on the opposite side of the road, coming in my direction. Mind you, I was still going about 20 miles per hour the whole time, so it was probably less than a minute by the time the walker came into clear view. I got a quick scan of it from my windshield before my car and it were exactly parallel. This is what I saw, it was not a person. It stood on two long legs, with long arms hanging down from its shoulders. It was strong looking. Lean, muscular, but not beefy in stature. It looked thin at the same time. It stood at least seven foot tall. It was light colored, not sure whether it was white, tan, yellow or grayish. It didn't appear to have fur but there was some texture to the skin it wasn't smooth. There appeared to be something coming down off its back. I don't know what this was. All I can recall about its face is the small features it had but the mouth and jaw were notably large. And it had pointed things atop its head. Two things going straight upward with something mingled between the two things. That's what I got from a quick scan and from my observation of it as it neared my car and my car neared it. As my car became parallel to it within a split second, I went from looking out my windshield to looking at it from my driver's side window. In that moment, its face quickly peered down at me and all I remember was the mouth opened wide. Out came a remarkable scream that I'll never forget. Gives me the chills just thinking about it. It consisted of a high-pitched shrill-slash-shriek, enveloped by a deep guttural growl. Both sounds happened simultaneously in that scream. I kept driving all the while. This was all happening so fast that I didn't even have a chance to be scared or shocked or anything. I continued driving and went past my friend's house and drove home. Called him to tell him what happened and that I just needed to get back. I was probably running on adrenaline to get back home. Later on, I was in total shock after it sunk in. Had my driver's side window been open fully, it would have touched me, or worse, taken me. I'm certain of it. To this day, I still haven't worked out what this was.
Anyone else see anything like this or hear what I heard? I had a rather odd encounter with some humanoid creature or even spirit possibly, just a few nights ago, and I haven't been able to come up with a rational answer to just what I had seen. I suppose I will start with the story now. It happened just a few nights ago when I was biking home from work, I work the closing shifts for my local Walgreens so I get off work around 10.30. I live only 30 minutes away by bike from my job, but most of the way home is by a heavily forested trail, which doesn't have very many street lights, so it's always pitch black when I'm going home. Well about 5 minutes-ish into the bike ride going home, I hit the beginning of where the street lights ended and darkness began, and like I always do, I pull out my phone and turn on the flashlight option so I can illuminate my way home, well only a few seconds after I turned it on I tilted it up more and froze because I saw this tall, skinny pale looking figure for a brief second before it fell onto all fours and like the wind was gone into the woods. Shortly after I started to pedal as fast as I could cause I had no clue what it was that I had seen, when I heard a low screech and whatever it was keeping pace with me hidden in the woods out of sight. I managed to get out of that area very quickly and didn't see or hear anything after I left that heavily wooded area. But a while later on I caught scent of what literally smelled like fresh blueberry pancakes or waffles, like as if someone was standing out in the field with a hot plate of just of the pan blueberry waffles or pancakes, which didn't make sense to me as there are no buildings in the area where that scent was, so I figured perhaps whatever it was I had seen was possibly using scents to try to draw E into the fields or woods. Now I do know a few areas around that trail are supposedly haunted, Teresa Dinner Theater that's not too far from it, and a supposed haunted water tower in the area as well, and a couple other places. But I still no matter what I think of, I can't rationalize it or debunk it as something else. Couldn't be a deer because I have talked to people around the area and no one's seen a deer ever in the area, and besides it was standing on two feet when I saw it like it was a humanoid. Couldn't have been any other wildlife cause the only wildlife I have spotted are squirrels and birds. But I figured I would share my experience and see if anyone has had something similar or may know a possible rationalized explanation for what I could have seen. I am sharing this story due to the request of another Redditor. This encounter took place in the winter of 2016 in Davies County, Indiana. It was around 8 o'clock and very dark outside. I was out feeding my goats, the goat's shed was about 300 yards away from my home. To get to the shed I had to cross two small fields and walk along a narrow path through the woods. These woods border an Indiana Naval facility. After I had finished I began to walk back. I had crossed one field and was about halfway through the narrow path when I started to hear rustling in the underbrush. All I had with me was a little flashlight that only shined about 10 feet in front of me. I was almost to the end of the path when I spotted something. It was on all fours with a bony frame, elongated limbs, and pale skin. While the first part of that description sounds pretty generic, it did seem to have a long and highly flexible neck. Not long after I noticed it it noticed me and bolted down the path. It ran, almost scuttling into the second field. This field had a small hill in the center, this thing fled and disappeared. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Peered over one side. I ran as fast as I could around the other side of the small hill and zigzagged back to my house where I quickly locked all of my doors. This thing was terrifying, but it seemed watchful more than anything, for now. This happened somewhere between 2007 to 2011. Summer or fall. Clear sky with a full moon if I remember right. It wasn't too long after sunset. My friend and I were walking through a cemetery on the edge of town. As we were walking down the main lane through the cemetery, something came running from the gate and passed us on our left. My friend had laughed and asked if I had heard that, and I stopped walking and responded that no, but I had seen it. As the thing had passed between headstones I caught a look. Looked like a pale, emaciated humanoid that was running on all fours. It had no hair at all that I could see and I did not get a look at the face. It was moving far faster than any person running on hands slash feet should have been able to. My friend and I just stayed frozen there and waited for another friend to come and get us because we were too scared to move. It continued to circle us, as we could hear it moving around. It never seemed threatening. If anything it seemed curious slash scared of us. But who knows? I do know that it was not a coyote or a stray dog. I never saw the face but I did see the head, it did not have a muzzle. There was no tail, either. It definitely didn't have fur, it had pale, almost bluish skin and I remember I could make out the ribs from where I was standing. Forgive me if this is a hot mess of a post, I was up all night researching this thing and when I did fall asleep I didn't sleep well. I was driving down the highway one night around 3 am heading home from work. Usually I would only pass one car every few minutes. Per usual I saw lone headlights coming over the hill towards me on the other side of the highway. As they got within about 300 yards or so they abruptly turned almost at a 90 degree angle towards the woods. I was confused at first due to the darkness. Thinking it was a wild teenager taking an exit at high speed. The headlights came bulleting out of the woods straight over the highway and towards me. So I slammed the brakes and the car flipped, and spun around upside down and landed against the guard rail on my right. I was stopped at this point and ran out to help. A man, bloody, crawled out of his upside down car and all he said was don't call the police. He pulled himself over the guard rail and stumbled down towards the wood line and disappeared. So I got in my car and went home. Fishing in the South Atlantic, no land in sight, following the birds to pick up sings of schooling fish. We find a deep sea pinnacle and every time we troll through the area we pick up a good number of fish so decide to focus on the site for a while. All is normal and the fish we were catching are consistently a good size. 
On what would be the our last good run one of the rods bends, line gets pulled taut and before anyone can tend to it, the rods flicks back shooting the lower into the cabin of the boat. We were running our lures just below the surface so it couldn't have snagged on anything and we saw no signs of whales in the area. No matter what we did after that we could not catch any more fish. We were all experienced fishermen and none of us could logically explain what could have caused that. During a mentally unstable period of my life I stayed out in a cabin on a friend's property in Texas. I was out there for about a week, meant to stay for two weeks, but you'll see why I left, with no electricity, no running water, no nothing, it was late autumn so I didn't have to worry about air conditioning. To get refrigerated food I'd have to drive about two miles to his house, then another mile to the store, there were no wires, no random pieces of equipment, no nothing. From the second night onward, I would hear beeping outside behind the cabin. It was a single, steady beep most of the time, and sometimes two or three paired together. Since I was a bit mental, as stated, I thought it was just my mind the first night. Problem is, it continued the next night and so forth, but not in the same spot. On the fourth night it was out front of the cabin, the fifth it was out back again, and the last night it was right beside the bedroom wall, left side of the cabin. I searched high and low the first two days I heard it, and even asked my friend about it but he assured me there was nothing out there and he didn't go out there, even if he did I would be able to hear him. We tried to get his dog to stay with me the third night, but as soon as the beeping started it hit under the bed, started whining, and eventually started crying so I drove him back to my friend's house. With how close that beeping got the last night, I didn't bother staying. I'm pretty sure I had an encounter with a skinwalker, too, but that was during a road trip. I lived out in the boonies, so there were only a handful of houses near me and I never really saw anyone. Every day when I was 12-ish I would walk out in random directions through the forest just for something to do. One day I walked off the main road onto a dirt road for a few miles, and at the very end I found an abandoned house, not unusual for the area, so I just looked around for a bit but nothing too interesting. Behind the house I noticed an old trail that went into another forest, so I followed it. I went down about two miles and it took me to an abandoned summer camp. Now this was interesting. When I looked around the place though, there were little signs that people were still there. Small animal traps set out, piles of clothing and garbage, food, etc. This freaked me out a lot but I was pretty brave, or stupid, so I kept looking around. That was until three men emerged from one of the buildings. They were dirty and unshaven and pretty old and large. The moment I saw them I started sprinting away, leaving my bag and everything. I got out to a clearing and stopped to catch my breath, and looked around to see if I was safe, and I wasn't. They came into the clearing attempting to run after me. I was being followed. I continued sprinting until I got back to the abandoned house. I couldn't run anymore so I went into the basement and hid inside a cupboard, crying at that point. I heard them talking outside the house and walking around. Luckily, the building was so old the floors could barely hold me at 90 pounds, let alone those gigantic men, 
so they couldn't go in. Eventually it went silent. I still stayed in there for a long time though, just in case they were still outside. By the time I came out the sun was setting and they were gone. When I got home my parents freaked out since I was gone for so long, and I just burst into tears and told them the whole story. My dad couldn't believe I went so far away, and told me that a band of hicks that are notorious for committing petty crimes lived less than a mile from the camp. After learning everything, I was pretty deterred from going out for a while. I can't imagine what might have happened if I they caught me. My husband, boyfriend at the time, and I were camping at Harriet Lake, which is a small lake pretty deep in the Willamette National Forest. We were on a road trip from San Francisco to Vancouver, British Columbia at the time, and decided to spend one of the days exploring Portland for the first time, since our campsite was only about 90 minutes outside of town. On the way back to the campsite, we approached the last stoplight in the last town, Estacada, Oregon, before the highway narrowed to one lane in each direction. At the red light, we were pulled up next to a couple on a motorcycle. They looked to be in their 50s. The man, in front, was short and pudgy, while the woman was tall and lanky. I joked to my husband that they looked like Boris and Natasha from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. When the light turned green, they looked over at us, took off, cut in front of us, and disappeared pretty quickly down the curvy road ahead. I remember us thinking we had somehow pissed them off, because they were driving really aggressively. Soon after, we found ourselves deep in the forest. The winding road was flanked by cliffs on the left and the sparkling, rushing Clackamas River on the right. Several small, old, green metal bridges passed over the winding river. Cell signals quickly disappeared, the sun was setting, and there were very few other people around except for a few fishermen trying to get one last catch before the sun went down for the night. As we approached the last bridge before the turnoff that led to the campground, we noticed that Boris and Natasha were parked sideways in the middle of the bridge. As as we got closer to them, we realized that they were staring at us, as if they were waiting for us. I noticed that Natasha was holding something in her hand. Whatever it was, it was producing a fair amount of smoke. I thought maybe we had come across them smoking a cigar or a blunt or something. As we slowed down and prepared to pass them on the bridge, I got a closer look at whatever was in her hand and realized that there was way too much smoke coming from it. Right as we were passing them, she tossed the smoking object under our car, and they scooted off the bridge, then turned around and looked at us as if they were waiting for something. My husband had the quick thinking to swerve and accelerate out of there, and not a moment too soon, as the object exploded forcefully right after our car cleared it. Boris and Natasha, having failed to accomplish whatever their goal was, disable our car and then rob us? Kidnap us? Kill us? Sped off down a side road. While my husband was furious, I was totally freaked out. I was convinced that they were following us or had been following us earlier in the day. I was 100% certain that they would return to our campsite in the night, where we were defenseless in our tent, and finish the job slash get rid of the witnesses. Fortunately, we never saw them again.
My friend was a wilderness ranger in Yosemite and hiking solo for a few days. She slept outside in a sleeping bag and woke up randomly in the middle of the night, sensing something. Sat up in her sleeping bag to see a mountain lion staring at her from a few dozen yards away. She yelled at it and it seemed to retreat. The next morning she discovered its paw prints in circles around her. Apparently it was doing some serious pondering on her tastiness. Weirdest and creepiest thing I had happened was when I was a kid. I was about 6 or 7 at the time and my brother was about 14 or 15. Now, the crazy thing is he saw this too. Our family was living in a trailer house with added room built for my brother and me. Before I had my own room or bed we would sleep together in the same bed. My father was working from about 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. and my mother was gone to a barrel race for the next day or two. We were laying down for bed at about 1 a.m. or so. We lived in the country with the closest neighbor being about 3 miles away. Now there was always stories about weird stuff happening in that area. It didn't help that we lived half a mile away from a cemetery but that is besides the point. Now behind the trailer addition room about 20 yards out is where one of those old school giant propane tanks sat. The porch light would only go so far and would get cut off from the added room and became pitch black where the propane tank is, you could only see, barely, by moonlight and with the tree coverage not much could be seen. So we were laying there and started hearing what sounded like someone lightly hitting the propane tank, just a dong, dong, dong sound. Anyone has hit a tank knows what sound I'm talking about. Anyways, we thought what is that? So we got up to look at the window behind a big ass entertainment shelf for the TV and Nintendo. We looked through the blinds and peeked out at where the propane tank sat. And what we saw freaked us the F out. All you could see is a silhouette of what looked like a little guy sitting on top of it kicking his feet back and forth with his heels hitting the tank. Well. My brother pushed the entertainment shelf into the window blinds and made a noise and it turned its head right at us looking at the window. We. Freaked. The. F. Out. We both took off running to our parents' bedroom thinking we would be safe in there. We sat in there for about 10 minutes. Nothing happened. Went back to our room, looked at the window again, and it was gone. Then we heard the dogs barking out in the pasture. We went and looked out the other window that faced the pasture. And we saw about five of our big outside dogs hauling us chasing something that was out running the shit out of them. No idea what the hell we saw that night, told our parents, dad said jokingly uh maybe it was a leprechaun. To this day we have no idea what the hell it was, still talk about it from time to time. Was the weirdest thing ever. Considering we both saw it I can rule out kid imaginations running wild. Few nights later we saw the dogs chasing after something again in the pasture hauling ass and out running them. Was the weirdest shit and still freaks me out. I've camped all over the country in a lot of the biggest national parks. Places like Yellowstone where there are no humans for tens or twenties of miles if not a solid thirty or more miles, and if something happened to you you're pretty much ruined and you will die. 
We decided to do a quick overnight camp in the woods at least 10 or 15 miles away from any towns or cabins deep in the woods while visiting two harbors Minnesota. We drove way the F out into the woods in the Boundary Waters area where there are roads on maps but it's really two depression tracks in their ground like parallel goat trails made from 4x4s driving through the woods over the years. This was in the fall just as leaves started to change and some had fallen but maybe half were still on the branches. The only way we knew where we were going was by GPS and the goat tracks. We finally got lost and the branches of trees had canopied over the trail and weeds were whacking the side of my jeep as we kept driving enjoying not being in a normal place. We found a space barely open enough to walk around the jeep but not really big enough for a tent but I was sick of driving. I shut the engine off and we were treated to the sounds of nothing but nature, and it was clear there were no humans for a very long ways away. Just the wind and occasionally a crow. That's it. We decided to camp there in the jeep because there wasn't enough of a clearing to put the tent out. It was a beautiful afternoon and then evening and we used a small propane tank grill to make dinner and late afternoon coffee. After dark it got cold so we hopped in the jeep and zipped up for the evening. Sometime around 3 am, I woke up from a noise. I couldn't quite tell if I dreamt it or it was real. I sat up and could hardly see out of the jeep windows and it had grown much colder than when we went to bed. The windows were frosted about halfway up in an irregular jagged pattern. I sat up for maybe 10 minutes and since the noise was gone I figured we were good to go back to sleep or I was anyways. My wife never woke up. I checked the door locks and since they were unlocked I hit the lock button on my fob and went back to sleep. The next morning I woke up to my wife saying F. It snowed. A lot. She was looking out the top of the window from the back of the Cherokee where it wasn't frozen. I sat up and looked out the side window. It looked like we got a foot of snow. I wiggled out of the sleeping bag and opened the door and saw the snow was indeed about a foot deep. I could clearly see this because there were boot footprints in the snow. I was confused at first and wondered WTF Ty came from then remembered the noise. I closed the door and told my wife what happened. She said, F, I've got to pee. Go check it out so I can pee. So I dug my boots out of the foot well put them on and hopped out. It had stopped snowing a couple times. The boot prints circled around the jeep and clearly stopped to look in the windows. They appeared to come from behind us and continued forever down the path ahead of us without circling back. I walked a bit in both directions before my wife shouted to not go that far away and could she take a piss? From out the cracked door. I shouted yeah and she did. I don't know why but I was surprised to find no other animal tracks, car tracks, horse tracks, nothing just boot prints. I walked back to the jeep pissed off to the side myself and when the wife finished pissing I asked her if she was messing with me. She looked at me as if I was the stupidest person to have walked the face of the earth. No. Then she got in the jeep. I did too. The clock on the dash said it was 8.15 in the morning. I looked at my phone, charging from the plug on the dash and had no signal. I started the jeep and started the navigation on the dash and I said, let's get the F out of here. We sat there waiting forever for the GPS to activate on the navigation system. 
It wasn't so much that the thick overhead clouds were blocking the GPS it usually does okay with cloud cover. It was the fact that we had a billion trees leaning over the road like a heavy snowed on canvas bouncing the GPS away combined with the weaker GPS signal from the clouds. At least that's what I thought. The map just did nothing and was blank. Eventually I said F it and put the jeep in four-wheel low, turned it around and followed the path of the boot prints that were behind because I couldn't see the twin goat tracks that made up the road the night before and it was hard to tell where the trail led other than the boot tracks. It was slow going because of the higher snow and the front of the jeep acted as a plow. Eventually the boot tracks faded away. I guessed it was because the boot track maker had been walking while it snowed and it stopped snowing halfway out to where we were in the woods which is why we could follow 6 or 7 miles back through the woods. Sort of like driving backwards through time if you get my meaning. Anyways it meant he had started walking or continued to walk while it snowed in the darkest night in the woods in the middle of ducking nowhere before stumbling on our jeep. The GPS came back on not long after we got to the end of his trail as the canopy of trees got further back from the goat tracks and we were relieved to see the wooded goat trail became a gravel road not much further down the way. Plus it was much easier to drive. On the gravel road as there was already one set of tire tracks in the direction we were going. Still not sure how long the boot track stood outside the jeep watching us that night or if the noise was her slash him opening and closing the unlocked door or just walking around outside the jeep in the snow. That's the creepiest thing I've experienced. I love camping, the more remote, the better. One night I was camping in northwest Alabama near a small river but up on a hill away from the water. It was a nice level spot with a huge oak tree above and a thick layer of leaves below. I set up my tent and fixed a sandwich then settled in to watch the stars for a bit before falling asleep. The tent flap was zipped but it was a small tent so my head was up against the fabric on one side. I had carefully built a fire pit about 10 feet from the tent with a small fire that was gradually going down to ashes. I woke up with something trying to bite my head through the tent. Whatever it was clamped down just enough that I could feel the teeth as they raked across my skin. The tent fabric kept it from getting a good hold of me. Now I'm a person who reacts to danger by going all out aggressive so my response was to let out the deepest most guttural growl of my life. Whatever it was noped out of there so fast it left skid marks in the leaves. I'm kind of glad it left as the only weapon I had was a kitchen knife. I got up and threw some wood on the remnants of the fire and stoked up a good blaze, then sat in the tent reading until dawn. My buddy's mom was hiking alone on a mountain trail in Utah. The way she tells it, she was coming around a bend in the woods when, ahead of her up a hill, she saw a girl sliding down the hill towards the trail. Before the girl reached the bottom she disappeared inexplicably. The girl never made any sound, but her facial expression made it look like she was screaming. This spooked my buddy's mom so she left. When she got home, she told my friend the story and they googled deaths in the area. They were going over headshots when she stopped him and pointed to a picture she swore was the girl from the trail. 
It linked to an article of a rock slide on the trail she was hiking two years earlier. I did something really creepy once. I rode dirt bikes a lot when growing up. One summer day I was riding alone, way out, 15 miles from civilization, and my chain broke. So I get to walk home 15 miles. All I'm wearing is jeans and boots, it's 95 degrees and I'm covered in sweat and dirt and look like I came out of a coal mine. After an hour of walking back, I'm at a point in the trail that crosses a shallow part of a large creek. Right in the middle of the creek a jeep is parked, a teenage couple were making out. This is the only way through. So I'm thinking walk for three more hours or? So I casually stroll up and said hey what's up? They were not expecting that. Oddly enough, after we talked they gave me a ride home. I felt bad because I'm pretty sure I torpedoed their date, plus I got mud slash sweat all over the back seat fabric of his brand new Jeep Wrangler. They were probably happy just to be alive though. Maybe they will post their version of they read this. So, friend of mine and I spent an entire summer on a river in Tennessee. You go to the kayak rental place, rent a kayak, and you can spend your whole day going down this river if you don't paddle or anything and just let the current take you. Normally we tried to make it back before sundown but this time it kind of snuck up on us and the sun was beginning to set while we were out there. Both of us being pussies, we start paddling with everything we've got while it's getting darker when we spot this group of 5 to 6 little boys aged around 9 to 11, dressed in what we assume was like boy scout uniforms running along the riverbank. No adults in sight, we try calling to them, it's a wide river, we are on the opposite side, and they don't answer us. So we try steering our kayak a little closer, see if they're lost or something, and they look our way but don't reply. Once we got about 5 feet from the other bank, they bolt. All of them take off into the woods like something is chasing them. We hightail at the F out of there, arrive back to the campground right as it's getting dark, kids are nowhere. We ask around, nobody's kids are unaccounted for, nobody's seen these kids, everybody thinks we are crazy. We nope right the F out of that place. My little brother joined the Boy Scouts a few months later, realized that the uniforms those kids were wearing were older scout uniforms, from like the 60s or 70s. A few years back I was in Costa Rica volunteering for a sea turtle conservative project way out in the middle of nowhere. We were on the coast, but we were probably 40 to 50 miles from the nearest village. Anyway, we collecting turtle eggs and reburying them in a protected part of the beach so poachers couldn't take them. The protected part of the beach was a few hundred yards from our camp and it had to be watched 24-7. One of the other volunteers and I were assigned the 1am to 7am shift. So it's about 2.45am and I'm sitting there in the jungle watching the protected are of the beach while reading Lord of the Rings, and all of a sudden a red dot pops up on my chest. Like the kind of dot you'd see if someone was pointing a laser at you. The other volunteer was asleep in the chair next to me. I looked around, sat perfectly still, and after about 30 seconds the dot disappeared and I never found out where it came from. 
During high school, I spent a year in southern Japan as a foreign exchange student. My host family lived in a pretty rural area. I liked to go for walks in the woods, but most of the time my family wouldn't come with. Everybody is really scared of ghosts and apparently the mountains are all haunted. Once when I was walking with another exchange student, we saw an old man in the middle of a grove heading down the hill towards me. He was dressed like a farmer but in old traditional style clothes, which was not terribly unusual in that area, and had a sickle over one shoulder. The weird thing was, when we greeted him, he didn't seem to notice. He didn't loom up at all and just kept going. We joked about him being a ghost, but he probably was just an ancient farmer who didn't give two shits. I live near some kind of a large forest, and I used to go on long bike rides alone at night there, just to have a moment for myself. The combination of absolute quietness and darkness is really unsettling, especially because even the slightest noise stands out. I took a different trail one time, and few kilometers later there was a fallen tree blocking the path. I lifted my bike over it and kept going. A while later, I heard wood cracking and saw not far off from the trail a tree falling. Nope the F out of there. I've already written one story but I'll add in another because it's more funny than creepy but in the moment it scared the shit out of me. So, meandering my way through the woods to this one area that had been affected by a brush fire a few years back. Tons of dead fallen trees and branches which makes for excellent kindling which is what my dad sent me out there for. It was around 5 or 6 pm but was bright out since it was mid-June. I'm walking. Looking down at my phone texting and I stopped for a moment to quick hit send and even though I had stopped walking, I could still hear leaves crunching. Uh oh. I freeze and look up as slowly as possible and less than 15 feet in front of me was a black bear. He looks at me. I look at him. It's June, it's mating season and he was one big mother f. I keep looking at him. He keeps looking at me. I'm frozen stiff and this guy is too. I think he could feel how little of a threat I actually was because after a moment he snorted and just walked off. I broke land speed record sprinting back to my house and at first my dad thought I was messing with him but I was like dad, no. Real bear. Big bear. As I'm like gasping for breath and finally he walked into the woods to see for himself and stepped right in a fresh pile of bear poop. I told him stepping in poop was payback for him being skeptical. Falling asleep in my hammock while on a backpacking trip only to wake up in the middle of the night surrounded by dark moving objects. Flicked my headlamp on to reveal a small herd of elk now standing stock still staring at a very confused frightened human with a light on its head. They all held that position for several seconds then bolted. Elk are a lot bigger and menacing when you're by your lonesome and they are within arm's length of you. Some years ago, my brother and I, he was like 11 and I two years older, made some small hiking tours in the forest surrounding our village. One time we found that little abandoned shed there, with just one room without a door and a small porch. There was nothing really interesting, 
just some newspapers from 10 to 15 years ago lying on the ground. But we were little kids and found this mysterious so we came back a few times. It happened the last time we were there. Suddenly when we were about to go I heard a loud noise from the attic which was locked with a shutter on the outside of the shed. I thought it sounded like something wanting to move out there. We left that place in a hurry. A few weeks later we decided to go there again and suddenly a woman I've never seen before went into our way. She asked us where we wanted to go and we answered with nowhere. Then she said something like then bugger off. And we ran away. There was nothing else there except this cabin and we were not on private property. I've never been there again. But I'm 17 now so I think I should pay it another visit. Not a very mysterious tale but I would be interested to know who that woman, and what that noise, was.